Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet. The flooring experts. I got floor.com. 205 DGS. Happy Monday to you. Uh, Michael Kelly joins us. Rach is in Japan and Amy's off getting engaged. Uh, so it's just the boys and we're going to have someone sit in with us each day. And uh, Mike was going to be here Friday, but you had to yeah, I'm take sorry. care of mom. I did. You're a sweet guy. Buddy, we, uh, I don't like her driving that far. Yeah, you know, I don't blame you. She had to drive almost like 45, 50 miles. I was like, mom, you're not doing that. Good for you. Long yeah. way. So and it's a Friday Should've and I thought. I'll button just... an Uber. Yeah, exactly. Throw her in an Uber. <laughs> Have you ever uh, sent somebody home in an Uber? No, I've thought about that with my mom, but my mom's ninety six and weighs eighteen pounds, so she could get like lost in the seats like a coin. Right. So yeah, yeah, they forget so, she's back there. <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of. He'd call and he'd be like, "Dude, your mom's just not here anymore." So I like, sent looking looking that little thing between the seats. <laughs> I've sent people home from Ubers before and Ubers before. And then you get a bad Uber rating because, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, ugh. Because the guy, like, throws up in the car or whatever. Right, yeah. right, yeah. And it's n- not typically a guy, but, Man, yeah. you're I'm living like, your yeah. life, Michael Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> just sending drunk women home in Uber. No. He's just, like, low-key. Just, just slide that in there just so you guys know. It's not dudes. Just so you know. It's not dudes. Well, uh, you, you, but, I mean, uh, most guys get the rules. You get into an Uber, you sit there, you be quiet. Every girl I've ever been with with an Uber wants to inquire about this guy's DNA. Mm. Uh, what mm-hmm. blood type are you? What part of St. Louis do yeah. you live in? And then, God forbid, they'd be a person that may be a new American. What part of the country or what part of the world are you from? How long have you been living in St. Louis? I'm like, you don't ask these questions. Shh, shh, be quiet. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're ruining it. Uh, the Okay, the good thing about what I'm about to tell you is that the, the kids in college now are uh-huh. no longer drinking and driving. They're good. all taking Ubers. That's good. Uh, the bad thing is, you're right, because Phoebe knows every Uber guy <laughs> in KU. And she's like, oh, yeah, this guy, his son plays for the football team and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no how would you know this? Yeah, and Ubers aren't cheap, man. The prices keep oh, going up on them. Yeah. I'm my Uber. And the whole dynamic pricing. Yeah. Yes. Like, well. So I, I, you lament the whole uh, get the food delivered to you oh, stuff. Yes. So last night, I get together every Sunday with the same group of guys um, we watch football, right? Getting into Monday, so we ordered um, stuff from uh, uh, Salt and Smoke on on, on Delmar, mm-hmm. and 
after 45 minutes, an hour, the delivery's not coming. And so I'm starting to be like, oh, man, it was such a good delivery. The guy stole my stuff, and it's not coming. I felt so bad. So now an hour and 45 minutes later, I get a call. The guy's there, and he's like, sir, I'm here with your food, and I'll explain to you what happened. He got caught up in the Palestinian uh, oh, protest no. that was going oh, on in Del Mar. Couldn't move his car for 45 oh, minutes. that sucks. Yeah, right? And so now, like, you know, I'm an over-tipper like you yeah, are, yeah. and I'm just like, well, now i got to give you more money. So I gave him an extra 10 bucks on top of what I've already tipped him and tipped him to blah, blah, blah. And I felt bad for the guy that he's yeah. got caught up in that nonsense. Absolutely. And my ribs were cold. Andrew and I came in <laughs> from getting our food today, and in the l- little lobby downstairs, it's probably still there. There is a delivery of from Maggiano's. Somebody had it ordered. It has been there since 1 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Mm. <laughs> Hope nobody eats it. Because Ben, because when we were going to the concert last night, we parked here, and we, we came back in, and we saw it, and Ben Boyd, our buddy, he goes. He just looks to see what time it was delivered. He goes, "This was delivered at one o'clock. <laughs> that was at like eleven thirty that we were there, and it was still there today." Yeah, I considered it. Kevin had to stop because I was walking towards it, and Kevin was like, "That's been there since." <laughs> I know. I saw there was I'm like, some. Andrew, it's been there for like. I saw there's some hours. bread attached, and I was like, "Well, the bread's fine. I like the bread." <laughs> Kevin's like, "Yeah, Dude, you wouldn't really do that, would you?" Nah, probably not. Mm. Not because it's been sitting out for a day, but, but it's somebody else's. Somebody food. else's. Oh wait, uh, we go back to that. Good. If it was sitting there for a day, you'd still eat it? The bread? Yeah, it's bread. Uh, bread can sit I mean, there bread for a day. bread is out for a day. Yeah, yeah, bread can be fine. Even several I, days. I wouldn't have eaten But would the, you really have stopped at the bread? I wouldn't have eaten because it was Alfredo. It was like a chicken Alfredo thing. Uh, like, that That seems risky. <laughs> White sauce. Red sauce. The fact that you know what was in the bag, I which kind of says you was, were contemplating maybe eating the, the meal. It was on the receipt. It was attached to the bag. It said it was uh, <laughs> some bread and some Nick chicken told, Alfredo. Nick told you the story about when the baby delivered our food, right? No. No. Oh, yeah. Yes. You didn't know about the baby delivery? No. Yeah, oh. back during the summer, he came over and we ordered Taco Bell. And uh, <laughs> and I see just movement, you know, out of the corner of my eye. Because it's summer and my door's open. It's just right. the glass door there. And uh, all of a sudden, something impacts my door. And it's too big to be a bird, but too little to be a person. And uh, turns out it was a baby. Uh, probably three in a diaper. Nothing but a diaper. And then there was another... <laughs> person in a diaper who shouldn't have been he was like 12 and so he got a diapered baby like bam right. hits both of his hands in my pane glass and he's got the taco bell and then he goes waddling off to this van parked in front and so then his brother is 12 in a diaper and uh they <laughs> swear to god then they get back in and nick and i so i go hey nick Did go, you eat the food? And they go get the food well hey it gets so much worse like go get the food and he's not moving and I'm like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong? He's like, just don't, just don't move. And I'm like, what about, what are we afraid of? And then I see there are babies and then they get into the van and they, they start to pull away. Then they stop. And the little one, just like you in college, <laughs> leans out the door and starts throwing up everywhere. <laughs> and then they all get back out and they start running around my front yard playing tag and throwing up. I Nick right. will vouch for this. Mm. And then we have, and I'm eating a taco. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick's like, dude, I don't think he threw up in the bag, but I don't think I'd finish that taco. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And so there's obviously a parent or some I type never of adult. Saw a grown up. I took a picture. I'll send it to you. Yeah. I never saw a grown up. I think maybe the 12 year old in the diaper was driving. Wow. Yeah. Good Lord. 
That's horrible. And he got banned from DoorDash. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, I'm the one getting banned. Yeah. And you're like the most polite, nice person I know. Yeah, and- I know. But you wear a diaper one time and somebody <laughs> reports you. I guess that's all it takes. Word. <laughs> I met his wife the other day. I'm not Drew's wife. Andrew's wife. Oh, the other I was day. lost. Yeah. I was like Nick's married. I'm like the babies. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, he was here. <laughs> I met that baby's wife, by the way. Hancock and I do a show on She's Monday nights uh, when there's not Billikens or Cardinal baseball. Uh, so tonight we're not on. But we're walking in, and here comes Andrew with a gal, and I'm like, well, who could this be? I was like, is this a new hire? And he, he's like, no, this is this is my wife. And I was like. <laughs> Wow. Well, nice was, to meet you. I thought you were just some imaginary person <laughs> that we've all heard about. It was such a it was such a nice like of all the people that you don't expect to see when you're like walking out, John and uh uh Michael come walking in and I'm just like this is so exciting. Can yeah. you can oh. you tell your story when you were in the parking garage and thought that you saw Nick? Yeah. Okay, so this is maybe two years ago. There was some kind of a big event over at uh, Enterprise Center, and it was something like a concert or something that Nick could conceivably have gone to. So I'm leaving work. Uh, I'm all leaving late again. It's like maybe 8 o'clock, and I'm driving uh, through the garage, and I see what I think is a Nick and a girl. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, I got him. I got him good this time. Oh, that's my boy. So I go, I hit the gas, and I go screaming up to him, and I slam the brakes, and I kind of, kind of one of these because there's no uh, we're in a spot with no cars mm-hmm. so and and he's just like frozen and and of course the girl is also frozen and i get out of the car and i walk up to him it's not and it's not nick at all oh. total stranger <laughs> never oh. the girl looks terrified and so i go there's more okay i go up um and then i do a big like a gulp. big like a gulp, gulp. And then I just turn and I get in the car and just like gently, because now I'm like, I have to drive extra gentle because I just almost like killed these people. Yeah, and they're reading so I, your license plate to call the cops. I, oh, yeah, for I sure. Remember, they're just like, they're I just remember like, remember your stories better than you frozen. do. So after swallowing his own spit, yeah. uh, which at that stupid. point, if I have my gun on me, I'm shooting him. What's right, the right? Center body mass. I did do another if, stupid if thing, didn't I? Reaching up on me, get out and swallow your own spit. You're getting shot. <laughs> and uh, so then he gets back in his car and he's super embarrassed. He's trying to get away, but he had the Break. He's still That's in so park, funny. and so he just revved it as far as oh, it could. Uh, I thought I oh, put it no. in reverse. Well, so I meant to put it in reverse and back up, but I was freaking out, and so I didn't. And so I just go. I, I, I had a moment like that Friday night, and I had was, to like two point turn to get out. Oh no, oh, mine's not that bad, but when because Ben was coming over to park here for us to go walk over to the Metallica show Friday night. And I had to go let him in because the gate was down. And there were two cars. His car is a white car, and there's a white car in front of his. They're very similar. So I open the gate, and the first one comes in, and I'm, like, making faces at it like I do to Ben. And I'm like, and it's just some random lady. (laughs) (laughs) I've done that before. (laughs) And then I'm like, and I'm like, wait. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I walked up in a bar or a restaurant where you think you're meeting somebody and you see him from behind and I went up and gave this gal a kiss on the cheek (laughs) (laughs) and it wasn't the person I was meeting and I was just like, okay, I'm a jackass. I thought you were someone else. Hey, that's a pickup line. Oh, I thought you were someone else. Yeah, and then I felt bad. How did she Mm. react? 
She She's was like, cool with it. Oh, really? so it was a big crowded uh, space, but like you, you feel like just the com- the biggest yeah. in the world, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I was uh, kind of scared I was going to be in a company email because it was in our parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm definitely getting reported to somebody or the police or something. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, if you're getting reported to the police, you're okay. Well, and I remember because there are none. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, good point. <laughs> but if it's the company, you may be in trouble. You don't here. even have to run to make your getaway. <laughs> no. no. I remember telling the story here, and you guys are all like, why would you have done that to Nick even? Like, that's scary. I was yeah. like, I don't know. Your story taken at its very best is still super creepy. <laughs> it's it still, I wanted to act so like I was I hitting Nick with a car. Pre- Tended to run him over. <laughs> <laughs> That's the move all the cool guys are doing. I made him think I was going to hit him. <laughs> he looked so stupid when he didn't know. I saw, I saw him with a girl and I thought, let's scare him. <laughs> oh, he'll be sending her home in an Uber. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 224 DJ Ask Michael Kelly sitting in with us at 2.30. We have Chet Pleban joining us to uh, catch us up on what's going on with the Donald Trump testimony. He just finished testifying. And if we're on the air and he comes out and does one of his deals, we will carry it for you live. Michael Kelly's here, so we'll be talking about the political side of this as well. I have lots of questions about some of the recent polling. But you said you have a, a different take so, on the soccer thing. Right? Yeah, so I watched it last night. Did you guys watch it? It was it no, was pretty. I had to upgrade my Apple, and I wasn't. I, uh, I was too afraid. It was a dissipating, <laughs> a, a, a disappointing outcome and a horrible way to have such a special season uh, come to an end. But I kind of felt like the whole year everybody was injecting into us that, oh, our rivalry in soccer is Kansas. And it's like, how can you have a rivalry when you're just starting? Fair mm-hmm. point. I now feel like we have a rivalry. We had this dream season where we were first place and we got knocked out by the wild card team that was Kansas City. So 
at least all of that forced rivalry stuff right. seems legit to right. me now. Because before this, it was yeah, just like, you're three right. hours away. We hate you. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, remember we oh, we have a big rivalry with Kansas City over soccer? It's like, mm. whatever. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, I mean, yeah. whatever. So I, as much as that was a terrible outcome last night, and it was hard to watch, um, that is the one positive that came out of it for me, yeah. I thought. And then I was listening. The other is listening to Chris Ranji and John Hancock, um, you know, analyze a soccer game. <laughs> uh, that's better than a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> I mean, uh, Hancock doesn't even know, you know, the, the names of the players. <laughs> and uh, so I listened to them this morning and thought that was funny. That's but funny. At least we've got like a real rivalry now. I have a, uh, a, a show recommendation. On Netflix, the new Morgan Freeman narrated show about uh, evolution and the history. I think oh, it's called the, Life on This Planet. Yeah, yeah. Man, I walked away from that. They so it's Steven Spielberg produced it, so it looks great, and it it's right up our alley. Wheels. It goes back to like you know the Big Bang and blah yeah. blah blah blah, and what the Earth has been through and volcanoes for this many millions of years, and nothing happened but grass grew for this many millions of years, and global warming and ice ages. And here's what I came away with. The earth is going to be fine when we're gone. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just, I know everyone's freaked out about global warming, and I get it, and it, it could lead to our extinction, extinction possibly, but don't worry about the planet. Like, it's been through worse than us. Yeah, wasn't that Carlin's thing? Like, say everybody's doing the save the yeah, planet. He he's like, that, he's yeah. like, the planet's fine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're the ones that are in trouble. It is just amazing, though. I mean, it's a planet, but it's just amazing how adaptive life is. Yeah. You know, it, it's all about taking advantage that, oh, this happened. And so this species just took advantage. Right. And mm-hmm. became I mean, dominant. And then this happened and they were extinct. If not for the asteroid that took out dinosaurs, yeah. we're not here. Well, and we're not doing anything to the planet that we weren't created to be able to do, right? Like, so I, I get that we're, you know, oh, we're throwing all this CO2 into the air. Well, we're an organism of the planet that maybe that's what we're supposed to do is put all that CO2 into the air. You know, not that we're, you know, something, some special being, but I, I don't, I, I'm one of these, look, I think we ought to be a good steward. Why burn stuff if we don't have to burn it? But at the end of the day, we're an animal just like the all the elements and everything else, and we're not doing anything we're not supposed to do. It's an interesting take. Hmm, got to think about that one. Yeah, he used weird words there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Mm, I got to think about that. But uh, don't they think the asteroid caused the blocking out of the sun, which caused the ice age? It was the dust. Yeah, the dust from yeah. it covered the yeah. earth. So that could happen again tomorrow. I it didn't could. realize that the first real ice age happened 2.5 million years ago and was off and on again until just about 15,000, 10,000 years ago. That whole time, the last two and a half million years have just been ice age, oh, warms up a little bit, ice age warms up a little bit. It's just hmm. fascinating. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 
234 DGS, Michael Kelly hanging out with us. Uh, Chet Pleban joins us, and uh, I'm saying this for you guys and for Chet. Uh, CNN's on commercial break right now, but they literally, Michael Kelly said, they had the shot of the doors <laughs> at the courtroom, and it looked just like the end of people's court. Uh, and so uh, if and when Trump walks out and if he starts talking to the media, uh, I'll cut you off, Chet, and we'll carry just to see what he says. Uh, so let me set up what I understand happened today so that you can spend your time analyzing it. So uh, you don't have a live feed. You can't see uh, Trump on television. You can't hear what's going on, but it's the craziest thing. People are in there and they're texting all the, all the newscasters and they're giving us in basically live time. And what happened today was Trump took the stand and you have to understand that. So this is the, the attorney general questioning Trump. And so it's it's they get to ask what they want to ask. Right. And then his lawyers can object and the judge can rule. But Trump was just being Trump and he wasn't answering things. And he was just giving speeches about I was busy saving America from China and Russia and all this stuff. And the judge in the first part of the morning is getting very upset and he's kind of taking them on. They're having a you know what measuring contest. And then they took a break. And, and Chet, I think someone got to the judge and said, you should take it down a notch. Don't fall for this. Don't take the bait. Because at one point he said, I am just going to excuse this witness and take every negative inference that I can, which he, I guess he's allowed to do. He's a judge, but didn't seem like a smart thing to say. Here, here's the best way I can describe the entire time that he was testifying. Um, in my judgment, uh, although we couldn't actually see him, but the descriptions, uh, he behaved like a petulant child. And when petulant kids misbehave, their, their parents uh, discipline or uh, ascribe a consequence. In this particular case, the parent is going to be the judge. This, this is a judge-tried case. There is not a jury present. Now, this judge has already ruled that, that he and his sons are guilty of persistent and repeated fraud. But there's still, a, in addition to $250 million at stake and whether or not the, the Trump corporations continue to do business, this judge still has to decide whether or not there was an intent to falsify business records or conspiracy to falsify business records, uh, whether or not they issued false financial statements or a conspiracy to issue false financial statements, and whether or not there was any kind of insurance fraud uh, or a conspiracy to commit insurance fraud. So, you know, by by being evasive and and buying and disparaging both the attorney general and the judge, claiming that this was an unjust prosecution, that this was election interference. Certainly, he's not going to help himself. And, and as you said, this judge, if you are evasive, any witness, if any witness is evasive, under those circumstances, the judge can go ahead and, and uh, create an adverse inference. In other words, the reason you're being evasive is because your testimony isn't going to help you. And the judge can certainly take that into consideration, like had he taken the Fifth Amendment. So, so and, and remember... This is not the first go around with the Trump organization. The Trump organization has already been convicted of criminal tax fraud. And that was by a jury. That wasn't by a judge 
where they're claiming that this judge is biased, this judge is out of control, this judge, you know, ruled without giving them the opportunity to be heard on the issue of fraud. This was a jury who decided guilt beyond a reasonable doubt for the entire organization. So, you know, I, I, I just don't think that he's helping himself by doing what he's doing. So, Chad, don't you think, though, that the thing is, like, he's not dumb. And so he has to know that he's already lost the case, like literally already lost the case. Uh, Andrew, here you go. Let's, let's pop it up here real quick. See what scam this is? This is a case that should have never been brought. It's a case that should be dismissed immediately. The fraud was on behalf of the court. The court was uh, the fraudster in this case. They made references to assets that were very valuable, and they said uh, they had no idea. They had no idea what the numbers were when they said $18 million for Mar-a-Lago. And it's 50 to 100 times that amount by any estimation. Uh, it's a terrible thing that's happened here. We're taking days and days and weeks and weeks. And it goes on and then you look at the outside world and what's happening. But of course, they're getting their wish because I don't have to be here for the most part. But I sort of do have to be here because I want to be here because it's a scam. And this is a case that should have never been brought, and it's a case that now should be dismissed. Everybody saw what happened today. Everybody saw what happened with their star witness, who admitted that. I never told him what he originally said. I did. He admitted that he lied, and he has absolutely no credibility whatsoever. That's their only witness. That's their only witness. And I think you saw what I had to say today, and it was very conclusive. Everything we did was absolutely right. To think that we're being sued and spending all this time and money, and you have people being killed all over the world, that this country could stop. With inflation and all of the other problems that this country has, I think it's a disgrace. And when you look at the numbers, the poll numbers that came out today from the New York Times and CBS, I'm sure the Times was not too happy. But people are sick and tired of what's happening. This is a sad, I think it's a very sad day for America. But anyway, this is a case that should have never been brought, and it's a case that should be immediately dismissed. Thank you. Thank you so obviously not nothing about this is, is normal, Chad, but you've been trying cases for literally decades now. Um, he just said that the court was fraudulent. Um, why doesn't he, and I know, I kind of know the answer, but why doesn't the judge throw him in jail for an hour? Like, why would the judge allow him to say that the judge, the court is fraudulent? Well, again, you know, the judge is walking a little bit of a tightrope here because there's no question that he's playing for the appeal. There's no question that under these circumstances, uh, he's considered that he's lost this case. He considered he lost the case when the judge ruled persistent and repeated fraud um, on the liability side of it. And, and so all he's doing is baiting the judge. All he's doing is trying to, to set up what he can for an appeal, which, which will include uh, kind of baiting the judge into making mistakes. Uh, and, and Judge Engeron, I think, is a seasoned veteran judge and, he, and he's not going to fall for that. And, and so what I think the way he's been handling it, uh, although I think, you know, he's been pretty tolerant, quite frankly, um, I think he's walking the, the tightrope 
so that he doesn't fall into that. And so let him go. I think one of the reasons that that the attorney general put both his kids as well as himself on the witness stand is so that uh, ju- the judge Engeron can go ahead and make a credibility determination, because I don't think that the defense was going to put those people on. And so the judge, if he makes a credibility determination that the, the two boys and Trump himself are not credible witnesses, the appellate court probably isn't going to interrupt that at all, mm-hmm. and because the judge is in the better position to judge credibility. He sees the witness. He sees how the witness behaves. And, and all of this, now he's, he's, Trump has made a record for himself that doesn't benefit him when he goes to the Court of Appeals. Hey, Chad, you know, well, on, before we run out of time, I wanted to ask you about this. Uh, everyone, I'm well documented on my opinion of Trump, but I'm intrigued by the First Amendment uh, aspect where uh, the the judge, Chutkin, I believe, uh, had the gag order, then put it on hold and put it back in and they appealed and the appellate court has reinstated uh, putting the gag order on hold because they're going to litigate this case of first impression, this thorny issue of a former president who's running for president again, uh, being told that they can't exercise possibly their First Amendment right to political speech or obnoxious speech or whatever. I actually want to see this play out because I think it's going to be an important uh, an important case. Well, I think I think that it is. Uh, it's, uh, obviously, it's a case of, of first impression. I don't know how how far the appellate court is going to, to go with this. I think that they put it on hold to make a determination whether they get do a deep dive into it. I, I don't know at this particular point. But certainly uh, this judge, uh, Judge Chutkin, has the right to control her courtroom, has the right to control the prosecution in this particular case. Um, conversely, uh, Trump certainly has the right of free speech. No question about that. But when that speech uh, imposes itself uh, prejudicially on the judicial system where he is a defendant in a criminal case, um, then then she's got the right to shut it down. And I don't think that what she's done so far uh, and I don't think that the gag order that she imposed for for the preservation uh, of the the criminal justice system and in particular the preservation uh, of the right of the fair trial for the government as well as Trump, I don't think that that imposes uh, any restrictions on certainly his First Amendment right. Uh, but you're right. I think that that ultimately maybe this this issue should be determined. Yeah. But what happens if the court's going to determine this and the court's going to determine long term with briefing and that sort of stuff? What happens in the meantime? So is it a free for all for Trump then to go out and totally disparage uh, the, the criminal justice system totally disparage the witnesses in this case, totally intimidate the witnesses that potentially are going to be called by the government. You know, I don't think so. So where does that begin and where does it end while an appellate case is pending? Yeah. And, you know, you know, and I know these cases yeah. don't go through very quickly through the appellate system if, in fact, the whole thing is has to be litigated in that sense. So when we so. come back, we'll get uh, Michael Kelly's here, and I really want to get his thoughts in this. Uh, polling is polling. Some is accurate. Some isn't. But it just came out that uh, right now Trump is a plus three against Biden. But if he's convicted of a felony, he's minus nine. 
So that's a huge swing right there. We'll discuss that and more. Chad, thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate it. You bet. 251 DGS. Michael Kelly is here, and uh, he's my go-to political guy along with Hancock. Michael works the uh, the Democrat side of the aisle, and John handles the right side of the aisle. Um, so we just reported this new polling, which uh, you take every poll with a grain of salt, but this was fascinating to me that right now Donald Trump beats Joe Biden with a plus three, but if he's convicted of a felony, this is even polling of the Republicans who support him. He goes to a minus nine, and you were saying that you're not sure it'll even be Biden that he's running against. I don't, and that's not a popular thing to say on my side of the aisle. Look, I worked for President Biden. I ran the, My team ran the Missouri campaign. We participated in Iowa, et cetera. Uh, I thought he was the right person, but it's obvious that this president's not the same person he was a year ago, and he's surely not going to be the same person a year from now that he is uh, today. Yeah, I would take Joe Biden in a coma uh, over uh, Donald Trump, particularly in the circumstances in which we live. And it's very easy right now in a polling situation to say, because the question really isn't about Donald Trump. It's, do you think Joe Biden's taking us in the right direction? Yes or no? Um that's what I think the president's polling is showing is that people are very concerned about his age, et cetera. When the binary choice and we get into the summer of next year becomes Donald Trump or Joe Biden, I have a feeling that, that the polling will look drastically different. So because I keep hearing the same thing from my friends who have money, uh, who are Republican, who will vote for Trump again. And they're saying, dude, my 401k was so great under Trump and it's not been good under Biden. And as much as I think that Trump has all these issues, I can't sacrifice my future. But you see, I don't know anything about economics. I'm like willfully ignorant of it. I have a blind spot. But the numbers under Bidenomics, each number looks good, but it doesn't seem to be translating where people believe it. Is that something out of the president's well, control? Is it some of it that there uh, people are trying to re-recollect a life pre-COVID? Because the economy was humming pre-COVID, um, and let's not forget that if they thought if they were being truthful about their four hundred one ks at the end of the Trump administration, their four hundred one ks were going in the tank just like they are right now. So um, I, 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 Bidenomics is working for folks on the lower end of the scale. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I understand the frustration that Republicans and fo- folks of wealth uh, might feel. I don't agree with them. Uh, I think that a stable world with someone like Joe Biden making decisions is far better than the chaos that was Donald Trump. And if you thought we had a chaotic four years beforehand, now you're going to have this guy, if he were to become president, he'll be president with a bunch of people. You know, who's going to work for him? It's going to be other, you know, Mike Lindell, Secretary of State. Uh, you know, Jenna Ellis, uh, you know, Secretary of the Defense. I mean, who's going to go and sign up? So the people who are going to be around him are going to be even more chaotic. And I think that the president, the former president, is emboldened by this being able to act a fool. Um, And one of the things that I'm most interested in as we go from state court to federal court that this type of behavior that he's is showing up in New York right now, how that plays when it becomes criminal, uh, criminal federal court. I, I don't think it I does predict well. that at most uh, they get one federal trial in before the election, which will probably be I don't know which one. But Judge Cannon in Florida really does appear to be helping him out with these continuances. So I don't th- I don't think it will be the documents case, which. 
every attorney I know seems to think that that's the stone cold he's going to get convicted. But again, if he does win, he will pardon himself. Right. And he'll never face the circumstance, uh, in, in, anything for that. Uh, so he may or may not even go to trial but before our, next November. Are our memories so short that we can't remember what the chaos of the Trump administration was like? I mean, literally, there were riots happening at the White House. Um, the, the, the president was firing secretary of states and firing attorney generals in a heartbeat and saying that they were the worst people that he'd ever met. I mean, I, I hope that America is going to eventually come to its reality and that, you know, the, if the choice is Joe Biden and, and Donald Trump, that we're going back to that craziness. But maybe there's just a lot of people who like the craziness and see politics as is blood sport and entertainment on their social media feeds, and that uh, concerns me. Do you worry that that the view is less that and more that chaos is good because they've been they believe some for various reasons that all that matters is change because they think the system is so bad. I guess, but how's change working out for them right now? I mean, we look at what's happening in the Republican Congress. These folks, they're not getting along with each other. Like, so if you're a Republican and you want to see change uh, to go in for tax purposes or economic purposes, the crowd that you have in there right now can't can't agree. They're not able to deliver for you. Say what you want about the Democrats, and I, I got a lot to say about these progressives. I think they're nuts. But they're all holding together, and therefore the Democratic base is getting pieces of what they want. I don't see how the Republican base is ever going to get anything because nobody really is in charge over there, and nobody knows what to deliver other than anger. So uh, this isn't a shot at old Republicans or old anybody. It's just the way things go. But the older Republicans will be dead in 10 or 20 years, and— the younger Republicans, I'm afraid, aren't even going to remember what Reagan conservatism looked like. This will be when, when someone in their teens gets to be in their you know, late 20s, 30s, and they're conservative, it's going to be, oh, yeah, being a Republican is being like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, I think it's happening quicker than that. I mean, what, look, we've watched countless people, the senator from Arizona whose name escapes me right now. Now we're going to see Mitt Romney. Anybody of these traditional Republicans are going out the window, and the ones that are getting elected— are uh, either MAGA Republicans or ones who are acting like they're MAGA Republicans, like our own Josh Hawley and Eric Schmidt. Um, yeah, Jeff Flake. Is that the yeah, guy that's who I'm of? thinking of. Remember, he was like a decent him. dude, and then he went out, and he why did he leave? Because he wasn't going to win Roy Blunt. against these folks. Roy Blunt left. I think it's happening. I don't think you're going to have to wait 20 years. I think the, the Republican Party will be anew in the next two years. Uh, happy to take your phone calls in the next segment, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey, hey, hey.